Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us today as we unfortunately recap the Titans 31-20 loss over the Cincinnati Bengals today up in Ohio. It was not a good performance by the Titans by any stretch of the imagination, but Denard and I are going to break it down for you, try to get you maybe looking more towards the Chicago game coming up next Sunday. Before we get into it, I want to ask, and I know the timing's not the greatest, but do you believe? And with that said, Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Today, I'm going to be honest. I felt pretty confident I got in with the Titans at minus five and a half. And as we all know, that did not come to fruition, but it is what it is. But hey, BetOnline has you covered. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Denard, I will uh, give you the first word when it comes to giving your thoughts on this game after the Titans fall to the Cincinnati Bengals. 31 to 20 and move to 5 and 2 on the year. Just taking everything into account, Denard, what are your your thoughts on the matter? Well, I'll say this, I'm not surprised. I think a lot of people I don't know if they're shocked right now. I'm not. I, I said this week in a radio show, this is a very dangerous football team that the Titans will face on November the 1st and I was telling the truth. And the reason is, is that people look at their record at one, five and one. And I always say this, don't judge a book by its cover because you will always be wrong, Davey. And if you look at this team, you look at their young coach, Zach Taylor, who I've been knowing Zach for a long time. He was a quarterback at the University of Nebraska. He's from Norman, Oklahoma. And I I told the people on the radio station the other day, I said, He's got this team going in the right direction. People thought I was crazy. And you said, why in the world would a team one and five and one, they're going in the right direction? Because out of all their games this year, there's only been one game they've been out of, and that's the game against the Ravens where they lost 27 to three. Now, every single game they've been in, what going into the fourth quarters where they lost. And I said, once this team put four quarters together, they will be dangerous. And that's exactly what happened today. They put four quarters together and they came out with the dub. Well, Denard, how much of this was the Bengals playing good versus the Titans playing bad, in your opinion? It was both. I mean, let's just say, you know what? When I watched this game today, you know what it really boiled down to? Matchups. It was matchups, D. I mean, just look. Uh, uh, listen, Bengals offense line today, they were without three starters, okay? Four. Four. John Williams, Trey Hopkins, and Bobby Hart. Four. Four, Mike, okay. Excuse Michael me. Jordan. So Michael Jordan was a late scratch right before the game due to health Oh, okay. Issue. Yeah. Okay, so he was a late scratch. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't get him. So think about it. If you go into a game and you say to yourself, they're going to have four guys on their offensive line not playing. If you're a defensive line and you're a defensive coordinator, you're basically, you're chopping at this. You know, you're like, man, we got this. You know what I'm saying? So we should win up front, right? You don't have to have any football IQ. You just have to have common sense to say, you know what? That gives us a really good chance to win, considering the fact that this team, even when they got their starters, they got a young quarterback that basically 
they got a lot of people. He, he has uh, they have the highest rate of what they call hurry, which means that, you know, typically that's where teams basically collapse the pocket and he's got to get out of the pocket and basically run for his life. We didn't see that today. And this no. offensive line showed up for Cincy. I, I, I put that honestly more on the Titans. Um, we, we've talked about we need we went out in the offseason, spent all this money on Vic Beasley, Jadavion Clowney. I think they're getting $22.5 million combined. They have zero sacks on the season, and that was game number seven through week eight. They have zero combined. We are paying them way too much money. And, I mean, you mentioned it, Denard. They are missing four of their offensive linemen. That's a team that I believe has given up more sacks than any other team in the NFL whenever you look at this point in the season. And the fact that we can't get two of our biggest guys on them, and it wasn't just them. Like, we didn't sack them at all during today's game which is just incredibly frustrating. And we've already discussed how our secondary has been really beat up, especially at the cornerback position. You are without, once again, Adoree Jackson. You are without Christian Fulton and Jonathan Joseph. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a cornerback have that bad of a day in the NFL. They were just picking on him left and right. Yeah, well, he was targeted. Yeah, he was targeted a lot. I didn't mean to cut you off, D, but he was targeted 11 times, and they they, uh, actually completed eight passes on him, so that's not good. But that's the way offensive coordinators are. Yeah, they basically – they. you know what? Mike Shanahan, he had a very interesting way of coaching, and Cal Shanahan uh, coaches the same way down in San Francisco. What they do is they don't attack schemes. They're not what we call schematics, you know. They like go at players. Schematically, they're going to go up. Yeah, they, they attack players, and that's what you do. If you find a wink link on the field, that's what you do. You attack it. That's exactly what they did. They went after 3-3 today. You know why? Because he played there. He was a really good player there. Played there five years. But you know what? They went after the vet, and they actually won. And if you look at the way Joe Burrow played today, he was he was he didn't put up like gaudy numbers. I mean, he didn't necessarily put up no 400 yards passing, but you don't have to. And that's what won him today. They won their matchup. So you got to give it up for Higgins, Boys, and Tate and AJ Green. He distributed the ball well, and those guys made plays when it when they're when it was time for them to make a play. So that's how they end up winning. They won at the skill position set. They won their matchups. Yeah, uh, we were kind of hoping that the Titans would show a little bit more of what we saw in the second half last week against Pittsburgh coming into this game, but it was what we saw the entire first half for the entire game uh, today in in Cincinnati. And it's just frustrating because, I mean, last week we talked about it. We're talking about Jonathan Joseph now. Last week it was Ty Smith that Big Ben just kept targeting. And Ty Smith was actually hurt today, and so they decided to go at Jonathan Joseph. And if I'm the Titans right now, if Adoree Jackson and – Christian Fulton are not healthy. I got I to gotta go get some more corners. I got to do something. I got to improve that unit. The trade deadline is this coming uh, Tuesday. And Denard, I know you're shaking your head as if, if you don't think that's the key. But we can get into this. But there's a lot of problems with this defense right now. And I don't want people to think I'm overreacting because of one loss. It's, it's really been a, a pileup of things that have just started to really show. And once again, the main stat we've looked at all year is just how bad the Titans have been on third downs. You know what we were on third down today, Denard? Not really. I stopped counting. Yeah, I I wish I would have done the same. But we allowed the Bengals to complete ten of fifteen on third down conversions, and you're just and they were one of one on fourth downs. And you just can't win games this way. And when we talk about the Titans, they are a team that, when you look at their offensive style of play, they want to have the ball. They want to get up a little bit and just control the clock. Uh, 
once again, I mean, Cincinnati had about 36 minutes worth of time of possession to Tennessee's 24. And with the style of play that the Titans want to run, that's just not going to work. I guess my, my biggest frustration is just the lack of pressure on the quarterback or lack of pass rush. Our cornerbacks are already pretty bad. So the fact that you're not getting that is going to make things even more difficult for them. And it's just one of those things to where we cannot seem to get it figured out. And if the offense takes a couple of drives off, then it's not going to work. And we're kind of at the point to where when I watch this defense, for the Titans to win, it seems like the offense has to put up points every possession. And when you look at the beginning of the game, Tannehill, I don't know what he was thinking when he tried to force that one pass into A.J., you had the safety come come back on the route and was able to jump it. And then Goskowski, I'm not really going to fault him too much. I mean, you saw the wind on that one. It's 53 yards. Uh, the, the wind blew that one pretty good. And you got a, a doink off the upright, which sucks. But that's not so much one of those where it's like it's a high probability. And even after that, though, if we're, we're looking at the field goal unit, you had a terrible snap by Bo Brinkley to where you missed an extra point. Brett Kern, I mean, I've, I've not heard if it's anything serious. I don't, I don't think it is, but, I mean, your punter is getting hurt having to throw the ball on that play. And it just it was not a good day for the Titans all around. When you look at the offense, I mean, there were times where whenever they tried to get Derek the ball and they were really trying to feed him, you saw that you had success, but you got behind so fast uh, once again, especially in the second half where you had to go away from the run. And when you do that, we've seen that Tannehill can do some things, but it just, with the defense playing like it is, it doesn't really matter. And I'm really starting to have concerns about this team moving forward, and they need to figure out whatever their problem is and get it get it switched and fixed quickly. So Listen, today it was, it's like a trickle-down effect. You will have that. You know, the first thing I thought about was what coaches are, always teach guys in training camp. They always put a special emphasis on this word is called adversity. You will experience adversity as a player and as a unit. All great teams do. Okay. That's natural. That's a part of the game. You will go through times where you will struggle by no fault of your own. It's just in sports in general, especially professional sports, baseball, basketball, you will go through phases where you actually just it just won't come together it's not coming together it's during those times where you actually develop a sense of cohesiveness among each other because when you're struggling you all each other you know when guys say we all we got we all we got that's all you have is each other so what you have to do is that when you're pros you have to look each other in the eyes but you got to start with yourself and you got to say how do we correct this as how do I correct it? How do I correct myself? And then how do we correct this as a whole? So this is not the end of the world. It's just like the Bengals. They were going through some adversity. They were one, five and one. And everybody was getting ready to just basically say, there is the same old Cincinnati tired old Bengals. Well, we didn't see that today. Right. And I say this all the time. I keep harping on this word. There is no disparity in the National Football League. Get that record stuff out of your, get it out your mouth. I don't care about one, five, and one, because everybody's in this thing right now. That's the greatest thing about this game. Right now, mathematically, everybody still has a chance. The Bengals still have a, they still have a chance to win the AFC North. Now, that's crazy, huh? The Bengals. But they still have a chance. So everybody's in it. Nothing's over. 
So you're going to get each week, you're going to get the best out of every team. Every team you play, you're going to get the best out of that team. So what you do during this time is you correct the little mistakes. That's what this is what you get paid to do. It's not always it's not always going to be good. That's the greatest thing about this game. It's in those it's in those tough moments where you really find your identity as a team. Not when everything is going good, it's when it's going bad. And good teams will rise to the occasion. This team will rise above that. Why? Because they're tough. They've showed that. They're just they just hit a little Little hiccup is what I like to call it. Now you got to fight through this. And it starts in Chicago. And the day they just got outplayed. Give it up for Cincinnati. So many times we, we want to fault guys. That's not the case. You know why? Look at Cincinnati's secondary. This secondary, they, they're atrocious. I'll be honest with you. When I watch them on film, I'm kind of like, you got to be kidding me. And you never hear me call other teams, especially secondary, atrocious. Garbage. I don't believe in using that word. But they've been getting outplayed all season. Today, Mackenzie Alexander lined up on A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers in the league. He mirrored A.J. all day long. And what happened? A.J. didn't have a catch in the first half. He finished the game with four receptions for 24 yards. That's not going to cut it. That's your playmakers, D. Even though Corey showed up with eight receptions for 128 yards, I told you, he's going to be the X factor. But the bottom line today, Corey can't do it alone. Adam got knocked out. Khalif Raymond had one reception, 11 yards. I, I want to get to that. Yeah, okay. Adam got knocked out. Khalif Raymond, who we've been watching all season, he's been stepping up in pivotal pivotal times. What happened? He just had one reception for 11 yards. Baston was ineffective. So basically, Corey had to he had to take on the whole offense as far as the passing game is concerned. John Ooh is just coming back from injury. He just had two receptions for 29 yards. So you're playing. Makers today didn't make plays, and that's what happened. You know, it's like I tell people all the time: this is not, this is not uh, trigonometry. It's basic, basic arithmetic. You don't make plays, you don't win. That's is plain and simple. And what happened today? Cincinnati made plays. Mackenzie Alexander, he won't show up on a stat sheet, but the bottom line today, he balled out because he basically blanketed one of the best receivers in the league, Von no, I mean Bell. Yeah, I, he was disruptive I, all day. I mean, I th- I thought give it up. like I, I will because I mean I thought Joe Burrow and I mean I've I've kind of been on this train like I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league and it's one of those years where it's like all right you know what we got to give him some time to kind of figure things out but he's figured out who to actually look to and whenever he got Higgins Boyd and Tate really lined up on Jonathan Joseph a lot of the time or they even sometimes were able to get up get some good matchups on our inside linebackers, they were able to take advantage. And I give them credit for that. I mean, I don't, I can't remember who it was, uh, but Boyd had one catch. I don't know how he caught it right down there at the end. Ultimately, iced yeah. the game. But, I mean, they were making plays, and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them, but what I have seen from the Titans over the last several games is starting to be very concerning. And to go back to where we started, when you have to replace four offensive linemen and you can't get a sack on the quarterback, that's... That's very concerning, and I know we haven't gotten to it in a while, and it's really because we've been so stacked for time, but at the end of this show, Denard, I, one question I've gotten dozens of emails about is in regards to the Titans and the lack thereof of a defensive coordinator, but we'll save that. You mentioned Adam Humphreys, and he got hit. As far as I know, I mean, you saw him get off the field. He rode the cart out. It was a concussion. I'm not the type of person that typically looks – 
and tries to find fault with the officiating. But I will say today, I thought Scott Novak's crew did a pretty, pretty bad job all around. I thought they were inconsistent in calling pass interference. Sometimes there wouldn't be contact and you'd see a phantom flag come out of nowhere. There would be times where it just seemed as though, I, I don't know what the officiating crew was watching, but the, the one that really aggravated me with the NFL putting all this emphasis on player safety was when Adam got hit. And I know the DB did not launch, but you can't take a clean shot like that to the guy's neck or head. You saw his head basically touch his ear because, I mean, he just got absolutely clobbered. And the refs don't throw a flag. That could have been the difference to where the Titans have an opportunity for points there at the end of the first half. But then on the other side, they make sure to call it on Kenny Vaccaro whenever I didn't think his was even that bad. And there was just some ticky-tack stuff. I just was very frustrated with the entire game from that crew. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if the league says or does anything about that whenever, because I know the Titans are going to ask for a, some clarification on a few calls. D, this is the way I look at it right here. I'm, I'm going to go back to college, LSU, 1996. And one of the things J.D., Jerry DiNardo used to say, Coach D always say, he always says this. He says, listen, one day we were – yapping in practice about you know how you have like your graduate assistant and they plant they, they're like the referees mm-hmm. and that's not their job right so one day as a secondary we were mad like hey man the receivers are pushing off you know these guys are pushing us and coach denardo comes he comes by and he says listen all of you guys hush your mouth and stop complaining your job is to play players play coaches coach and let the refs officiate let them do their job you just do yours even if they you feel like they don't necessarily do a great job, guess what? They got to be judged by that. So they're going to get, yeah. you know, screened. That's what they do after a game. So oh. that's they'll they'll deal with that later. But listen, you can't let refs dictate the course of the game. The bottom line is this, D. I know I know listen. The bottom line is this. Sometimes we don't want to give it up. They were flat out I'll play today. That's the bottom line. And I'll be the first to say the Titans with, didn't deserve with, to win that game. Right. Okay, so this is this. Listen, this game boils down to three, 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 three phases: offense, defense, and special teams. Your offensive line today, basically, their defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line played great today. Bottom line, they didn't put no pressure on Joe Burrow. When their that happens, line, guess yes. what? That get yes. yeah. Their offensive line played great today. They play lights out with four four new guys on the offensive line. You would think that the defensive line would probably. Uh, have about 25 sacks a day. None. Uh-uh. That's not the case. So, I, and I said this earlier in the week, as I said, if you let, if you let this guy sit back and bake a cake, he'll destroy you. We saw what he did last year at LSU. The guy is ahead of, he's ahead of the curve right now. This dude is the real deal. Okay. This dude, he's got a chance to be great in this league for a long time. Davey, he has figured it out. And so right now, listen, the skill position wise, Mackenzie Alexander won his matchup against AJ on the defensive on the defensive secondary. Listen, Jonathan Joseph didn't play well. They made plays on Jonathan Joseph all day. We saw with the big third down at the end of the game when Boyd catches that fade. There was nothing Joseph can do. He was draped all over the receiver. It's just that the ball went Cincinnati's way today. Then special teams. This is something I want to address. Last week we saw them give up a 52-yard punt return. To uh, my man Ray Ray, remember that Ray Ray McLeod? Yeah, yeah, he had a good. You saw one. that fifty-two. Okay, what happened today? I can't they remember gave, the guy's what, Brandon name. Brandon Wilson. Yeah, he got a Brandon good Brandon Wilson. They gave him a forty-nine yard 
kickoff return. That can't happen. Your kickoff team, 49 yards, they're already in the red zone. So basically they scored on that drop. You can't do that on special teams. We saw a low snap. That can't happen. The special teams didn't play well today. That also got them beat. So they was actually beat in all three phases. And when you beat in all three phases on your team, you will not win a game in this league. So right now what they got to do is, listen, when, when, when everything is stacked against you, only thing you got to do is sometimes just take a deep breath and say, listen, we got to fight our way out of this. And that's what they got to do right now. And guess what? They're five and two, and they're still number one in the AFC South. So you listen, it's, it's, it's not time to panic. Now, I understand if we're in week 13 or 14, yeah, yeah you better start panicking, but they'll figure it out. I'm not, I'm not saying we're panicking. Uh, I will say as it relates to the AFC South, the Colts, after beating Detroit today, they are also 5-2, and two, so you do have two matchups coming up with them here in the upcoming month that will be very pivotal in establishing who ends up winning this division. I'm not saying by any means to hit the panic button, but it is concerning whenever you're seeing the same problems plague this team week in and week out, and whenever you look at Cincinnati, and again, like Joe's figured his thing out, but still, you got to get some sacks because, I mean, like, he's still got to have guys blocking for him. And if you can't take advantage of some of these reserves that they've had to throw in at the last minute, that's more of a problem on the coaching staff for not, one, getting guys in position, or two, your players are just not that good. And John Robinson made some really bad acquisitions in the offseason. And that's a problem in and of itself that we will be able to continue to monitor and uh, adjust and address accordingly. I guess going back to the officiating comment, and Darn, I'm with you. Like the players, if you're on that field, you can't let the officials dictate how you play the game. But as someone who my job is to watch everything, how it is taking place from the game between the two teams, how it is being officiated, I I do feel like we have to address that at the same time. And I, I appreciate your your input as a former player saying, hey, you can't let the players do that. But I I wasn't going at it from a saying well, the I players understand. are. Or, or blaming the officials. I was just frustrated with what I was having to watch as someone who's having to take everything into account. But for the Titans, yeah, I mean, fortunately, like, uh, I mean, you get to go up against the Bears. And the Bears, they did come back, and they made it a game with the Saints today. But the Bears are really inconsistent on offense, and so that's that's going to be a situation where you're going to get to kind of stack up against them. You do get to go back home to Nissan Stadium. Hopefully that helps, but you got to figure something out on the defensive side of the ball to kind of help because if your offense isn't always clicking, you need some of these plays. We didn't have any of the turnovers today, and that's what kind of helped you get back in the game against the Steelers last week. But with everything going on from hopefully we're getting some of these cornerbacks back because I do think once Adoree and Christian Fulton get healthy, that will help a lot because you're not going to have to see Jonathan Joseph on the field as much. Ty Smith, I know he wasn't out there today, but you're not going to have to be relying on him. But it's it's just these little things here and there. But that is going to kind of transition me into the one question everyone's been asking as it relates to the defense. And we kind of talked about it way back in March, Denard, April, discussing that Mike Vrabel decided not to name a defensive coordinator. And as we've watched this defense the last couple of weeks, do you think and, and Coach Rabel addressed it today, and he said that not having a defensive coordinator was not the current issues for this team. But what would you say from someone who's been inside these locker rooms, the Titans not exactly having a de facto defensive coordinator for how this team is playing on that side of the ball, how how would you take that in? Well, 
you know, believe it or not, most offensive coordinators actually don't even really make the calls. Sometimes it's the head coach. You ever notice that? You ever notice when you see the head coach and the offensive coordinator, especially if you had a head coach that was the offensive coordinator, like when they get ready to play Chicago, even though Chicago has an offensive coordinator, typically you see Matt Nagy call, making the calls, don't you? Yes. You will see that. For the offense, yes. yes. For the offense. So a lot of times, listen, you, you need a defensive course, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm sorry. You need a defensive coordinator. You need somebody that's sole priority is basically to say, listen, I need to make sure the whole defense from the front to the back that there's continuity and most of all, there is no there is no leakage somewhere. We got to fix that. They got to fix that right now because there's some leakage. Okay, we know that with the secondary. We saw that with the linebacker court. They got beat today when uh, Jayon got beat, and they looked like they were talking. And, and Cincinnati got him on that quick count, and then all of a sudden, Giovanni beat Jayon. Yep. See, those are though. the kind of things you got. Yeah, you got to clean those things up. You can't have. See that that's that's called you give you give you give like. Uh, you give things away, you know what I'm saying? And that would get you beat. You can't do that. That's unacceptable on the linebacker. You got to make the call. You got to make it quickly. And then you got to go because everything is going like 95,000 miles an hour on that field. So you make the call and play. Typically, when you see that, there's some indecisiveness. There's a lot of guys that's uncertain. When, when you break that huddle, you got to go. Like, okay, we make this call and roll. Forget it. Go. And you saw that. So, yes, it, it might end up hurting this team. You need a defensive coordinator. You need somebody that a DB coach, the, the line coach, they need to take care of that, the linebacker coach. But then you need one coach that says, I got to I gotta be accountable for all of this. And we're not seeing that. And that's probably what's hurting this team right now. So, again, listen, Adoree's out. That would be big when he comes back. You need your number one corner. That's like Dion. you know. If you don't got Dion, when the – Back in 94, when he played for the 49ers, you may not go to the Super Bowl. You know, when Dallas got Dion, they may not go to the Super Bowl. You need your Dion. You need your version. You need your best players on the field. We need a Dory right now. We need Christian Fulton to get back, okay? Because right now, listen, Malcolm, he's holding up. But again, there is an Achilles heel on this team right now. It needs to be addressed. I'm not going to call it out. But what you got to do right now is just say, listen, we got to fight through this, okay? We, we've hit a little uh, patch of bad air, okay? We don't stop. You just got to go through this. You can't go around it. And this team will do that. And I think that's where right now they're five and two. Yeah. They'll get back on track. I, I hope they will. And, uh, I mean, the thing is, even though this is looking kind of shaky from what we've seen the last two day or last two games on defense, I'd still I think everyone's expecting this team to make the playoffs. It's just whenever you come off of a season where you go to the AFC Championship game, you're thinking, all right, how do I make that jump to where I'm able to be able to propel ourselves past that? And right now, from what we've seen, no one's expecting this team with this defense to do much of anything once they get into the playoffs. And so that's what the fans want to see addressed. And if that doesn't happen, then then it's just going to be, all right, the, the season's going to be a disappointment. But fortunately, Titans got a chance to rebound this coming Sunday against the Browns, who don't exactly have the most electric offense. So hopefully we don't give them those opportunities. And hopefully the offense comes out and more efficient with the ball, make sure to get Derek going earlier instead of later. And that should allow the Titans to have a chance at winning that game. And moving to 6-2, and two, 
whenever you do then after after you play Chicago, you got the Colts, you got the Ravens, and then you got the Colts again. So that's a really big lineup of games coming up that are going to be very important and have a giant impact on how things go for the rest of the season in terms of seeding. But with that said, that is going to wrap it up for us here today. We will be here to talk with you later on in the week to break down and preview the Titans game against the Chicago Bears this coming Sunday. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.